So we've been in this series in the book of Acts. And um, as you recall, or for your information, we've been looking, um, going through Acts. We started actually, we picked it up in um, Acts 2, and we've gone on through Acts 8, and um, looking at life in the kingdom. And then we have done something that some of you are wondering, what in the world are you doing? You, go, you made it up to Acts 8, and all of a sudden you went back to the beginning of Acts. What's that about? Well, we aren't confused. Um, there was an intentionality about it. Last week we looked at Ascension Day. And Jesus is king, and he was risen and placed on the throne, and he rules and reigns his kingdom from there. And then today we get to celebrate Pentecost. And so today we remember the outpouring of his spirit for the empowerment for mission. And so his kingdom purpose has been revealed, right? He said, go and make disciples. They say about 56% of the New Testament is about how to share the gospel with the lost. And then another big chunk of the New Testament is about how to live this new life, this kingdom life in Christ. And then there's a little section about what's to come and about Jesus' return and the new creation. But so much, a majority of it, is about how to share the gospel. Now, I overheard a conversation this week among some of you, and I'm not going to name who it was, but about some desire to share and to be bold in faith, and yet some trepidation at the same time. So we know he said, go and make disciples, and yet... Could we be honest that sometimes it's a little bit fearful or we feel a little uneasy about raising the name of Jesus? I thank God that I um, have a co-pastor and a group of people that encourage. And um, this week I was sharing about how that I was out prayer walking and I was singing because often I sing my prayers to the Lord and I'm just for probably several miles going, Oh, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes to Jesus. And I'm just singing this prayer for the church to lift up our eyes. And then I came along someone who was weeding her garden and I quieted my voice. And then when I got pastor, I started singing again out loud. And anyway, and my co-pastor said, well, Pastor Jeannie, you shouldn't be quiet. You should just keep going. And I was like, That's right. Like, what was I thinking? Right? Except that I just didn't want to offend her or I didn't want her to think I was weird that I was out singing about lift up your eyes to Jesus. Um, Who cares? Maybe she needed to be reminded. Maybe she needed to know. And so, um, so I don't know, but do you ever find yourself feeling maybe just a little reserved in sharing your faith? Well, this is exactly why, um, Jesus said, wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. So we're going to look at Acts 2. And as you turn there, I just want to tell you that Jesus knew that the church would need leaders and the congregation to embody the kingdom of God. He knew that we would need to be born again, that we would need to know him Intellectually, we would need to know the scriptures and doctrine, but we'd also need to have an experience of him, a knowing, an intimate, deep knowing of him. He knew that we would need to be transformed in our character, and so therefore Jesus breathed on them in John 20 and said, 
receive the Holy Spirit. But he also knew that they would need, we would need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for witness. And so he said, wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. And so we're going to pick up at Acts 2 and read verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages or tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthenians, Medes, Eliamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and answered the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. He said, wait. How many of you have trouble waiting? Yeah. I um, was taking a little assessment this week, and it asked, do you have trouble waiting at a red light? You know, like, oh, do I be honest and say, yes, like, that's me. Um, I went out a couple of weeks ago while I was in North Carolina to document the wind. 
because just that's what I do. Like, I don't know. I get these things. I was thinking about Pentecost, and so I'm like, I just think I want to take my video camera and document the wind. And so I'm out on a walk, and I'm like, oh, I hear the breeze blowing, and so I turn on my video camera, and I'm like, I'm going to document the evidence of the wind, and I'm going to document these leaves that start to blow. And one second and two seconds and five seconds, and I'm thinking, this is going to be a boring video. And anyway, I mean, five seconds in, and I am already impatient for the wind to get blowing on these leaves. And then I go, okay, the grass, I'm, there's this tall fountain grass. I'm going to document the wind blowing. I'm watching for it. I'm listening. I hear it up in the, in the higher up trees and the leaves. And so I'm like, I'm going to wa- I'm going to get this. And again, I got impatient. It's like, come on, wind, come on, wind, come on, wind. I get impatient. We get impatient. But the Lord said, wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. What good is it to wait? Well, it's really good, actually, because it slows us down and it keeps us from self-reliance and just going gung-ho in our own plan. And so I imagine as they waited... They remembered that God had given good promises. When we slow down and we think, why would he tell us to wait? Oh, remember Jesus said, it's better that I go because I'm going to send one like me, the paraclete, the one like me. Oh, he's sending one like him. Oh, he said, I remember scripture said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Remember, they had been through kind of a tumultuous time. Jesus died, he was resurrected, and they were so excited to see him back, and then he ascended. What's up with this? Like, this wasn't in my plan. I didn't know how this was all going to go, and I still don't know, but they start, I think, to remember his good, good promises. God stirs them to pray. And I think they remember scripture that said, well, if you as a as as parents know how to give good gifts to your children, wouldn't the heavenly father give so much more the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I bet that scripture started to come to their mind and I bet they started to pray, give us the Holy Spirit, give us the Holy Spirit, send your Holy Spirit. God gave promises. He prompts them to pray and then he sends his presence. A violent wind comes. You know, I just sometimes think about the gentle blowing breeze. But they said it was noticeable around town that this wind came. And this fire fell. And then it was one single fire. And then it flames over all the heads. Flames of love. God is love. Do you remember when Jesus appeared to the disciples walking along and they didn't recognize him for a while after his resurrection, but they said, our hearts were strangely warmed. I wonder if they had that sensation. I just wonder when all of a sudden the fire of the Holy Spirit fell, the presence of their loving God was with them. And then he sends his power. He sends his enablements. His kingly treasures come in a vast variety of ways. But in this day and on this time, he gifts them in a way to speak. 
and they start to praise and they start to proclaim who he is and what he's done. And I bet that they weren't just proclaiming what he had done in the past. I bet they're um, proclaiming the goodness of God right then because suddenly he's with us. And you know, as if you've ever heard Vic talk about the love of God, he's just petting on me. He's just petting on me. That's what he said. We've heard Vic say this. Yeah. I don't know, but the Lord was revealing himself, his loving presence to all those that were gathered. Think about this. What was their response and their responsibility? What's our response? What's our responsibility in this? Well, they showed up and they cooperated. What do I mean they showed up? Well, in 1 Corinthians, it tells us that Jesus had revealed himself to 500 people. There were 120 in that upper room. I don't know where the other 380 were, but they missed out on a blessing that day. They got caught up. But think about it. The 120, they were faithful. They had waited to be clothed, even though they didn't know what that exactly meant. They were going to be clothed with power from on high. They showed up and they cooperated. They prayed. They praised. They prophesied and they testified. They were prophesying. They were saying who Jesus is, making him known, and they were testifying. They were talking about the wonders of God in their life. And then they pulled together. They pulled together. They prayed, they praised, they prophesied and testified. They pulled together. What I see when I read this is that nobody was out there as a loner. They were all together as the 120. And then when the challenges or the question came up, are these people drunk? Well, actually, what they were saying is, have they broken the fast? Because there's a fast with Passover. Have they broken the fast? And he stands up, but he doesn't stand up alone. The rest of them, the rest of these 12, are there together. And he stands up. And then what happens is he gives this empowered speech, this empowered words that the Holy Spirit gave him at that moment to speak in a powerful way. And 3,000 were gathered into the church that day. And again, they gathered and they brought together. And so this pooling together, the kingdom impact, if you could see a picture it looked like, have you ever seen those things where they um, put pins in boards and they make strings? Well, I saw this picture of Jerusalem and then all these um, countries that you heard me pronounce and try to pronounce. And um, it just looked like Jerusalem was in the middle. And then there's all these strings that go out to all these places. And so what did they benefit by waiting until God's Kairos time, his Kingdom time stepping in, God had brought them all together. He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And God made it easy on them because they waited. And at that perfect time, they spoke. And these people from all around the region heard the gospel. Isn't that beautiful? And the Lord brought in 3,000 people that day. 
but they had the courage to open their mouths and cooperate as the Holy Spirit came upon them. The Holy Spirit was already within them when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit came and clothed them with power. They each started proclaiming, and people were hearing it in their own languages. So everybody was involved, just not the 12. Everyone was proclaiming and testifying, and people were hearing it. And Jesus is exalted when that happens. Jesus is exalted when we take a step of faith and open our mouths and speak whatever those words are. And actually, this was an indicator that the Holy Spirit had been poured out. Everybody knew. When somebody spoke prophetically, they knew because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit fell on just a few. But now he was pouring out on all. Friends, we had an experience here for those of you that were here last Sunday of the Holy Spirit empowering and pouring out. And I want to talk about that for a minute because there was this um, movement of the Holy Spirit among us. And so what do I mean by that? Well, Mark, our, our director of children's ministry and youth ministry, was preaching and he had been praying and asking the Lord for words to share in the message. And even on Saturday, the Lord was giving him some different words about heart and healing and some different ways of um, speaking about what the Lord wanted to bring this message. Then I heard, I, where's Anne? Anne told me that before the service, you started to feel like the Lord wanted to do some healing. And uh, I forget what the other word was. Hope and healing. Hope and healing. They had been praying. And then pre-service prayer was praying. And then Pastor Dave and I were working on about three and a half, four hours of sleep that night because we had arrived back into Grand Rapids much later than expected. And so um, got to bed about 3.30. But we were here. We were, we were, um, we showed up and we were available. But let's just say we were working on uh, un poquito sleep. And um, anyway, but as Mark is preaching, all of a sudden I have this sense that God wants to heal crushed hearts, holes in hearts, and disappointment. So I pass him a note and said, I believe the Lord wants to do this. And so then he says, good. (laughs) Cooperate with him, basically, was his message back. And just sense how the Lord's doing that. And as Mark was finishing his preaching, it seemed like he was talking about kingdom and about how that we would be workers in his kingdom. And I felt like, I think the Lord wants to do this right here and right now. Do you remember that? And so I stood up and said, I believe that the Lord's given this impression, and it might be for some here, or maybe it's for some out as we'll encounter this week. But I said, I'm going to ask if if this applies to you, would you raise your hand? And friends, some of you were not looking around the room, but there were at least seven or eight people that raised their hands. And so we ask, would you just, those that are sitting around, would you just pray for each other? And so I want to tell you with permission that Jan Hermanson was one of those. Jan, raise your hand. Jan, okay, thank you. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you to raise your hand now, but this is Jan. And Jan on Saturday had started to feel really discouraged and sad, really discouraged. And on Sunday, as Mark was preaching, she was just like, this is for me. This is for me. The Lord's speaking to me. 
but I hurt and my heart is sad. And anyway, and she said, Pastor Gina, if you hadn't asked for a raise of hands, I would have still raised my hand because there was just like the Lord, yes, I need some help. And anyway, and Jan shared that as people prayed around her, as people prayed for her, she just started to felt the encouragement that she needed and the relief that Sunday afternoon was better and she's continued to receive prayer. All right. I want to tell you another story. Andrew, raise your hand back there. Far back. Andrew's one that went to pray for somebody else while he still was hurting physically. And he went to minister to somebody else. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon, sometimes the Lord isn't just wanting to bless through you, but he's wanting to bless you. And I get a text message on Sunday afternoon last week. Pastor Gina, as I was praying, all of a sudden the pain that I had in my body started to subside. And I've just been weeping this afternoon, realizing that the Lord was healing me even as he was working through me. Praise God. Lynette, raise your hand. So thankful that the Lord wanted to minister to you directly. Because, friends, Lynette and her family are fairly new to Gold Avenue, but she shared with me this week she lost her mother-in-law. Well, she lost her mother when she was 18. She lost her mother-in-law last fall, and on Mother's Day, it was hard. Not only did she feel that hole in her heart, but she also just was sad about some other things that had been heavy on her heart. And she raised her hand, and people started to pray around her. And then... Just as the scripture says that the Holy Spirit would pour out on the men and the women, the young and the old, this is very interesting. The Holy Spirit started to pour out on Peter Westra that just made profession of faith this morning. And he started to have a vision. And he started to notice that his fingers were moving, and then he started to hear a little tune in his head, and then... um, he started to have a picture in his mind, and so he went and checked it with Dad, and then Dad said, why don't you talk to Miss Anna, who's praying for Lynette? And anyway, and the little picture that he had was of her playing the piano and singing, I believe. It was music. And anyway, and as the picture was shared, the Lord brought such excitement to Lynette because Lynette used to help lead worship. And she's had a passion since she was a child to want to learn to play the piano. And she had just talked to Anna Lee the week before saying, could you teach me to play the piano? And Anna Lee said, well, I'm just learning, but I'll teach you what I'm learning and we'll know together. We'll grow together. And here the Lord knew her so specifically that he would give a vision to bring encouragement. And the Lord used a young man to bring a middle-aged woman encouragement friends and family and guests think about what it would be if the lord took what happened here last week and took it out on the streets and wherever we go he wants to pour out a spirit so that we'll be bold witnesses for jesus christ because if we call on his name and if they call on his name they'll be saved Pentecost 
This Old Testament celebration was around the harvest time. And I want to tell you that I don't think it's coincidence that Joel, in this this passage from the Old Testament that's quoted here in Acts 2, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. It came right before that in Joel. He was talking about pouring out the spring rains and the fall rains and about the crops and about the wheat and about the grain. And Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Pray that he'll send out workers in the harvest. And then he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Friends, there is a harvest. There is a harvest in our own hearts. There's a harvest in our church. There's a harvest of people who are longing for hope, who are longing to see things made right. And it's only going to come when Jesus is acknowledged as Savior and Lord. We've been praying for revival in our in our city. We've been praying for revival in our churches. Wes Leonard sent some representatives down here a few years ago, learning about prayer, asking our council about prayer. Do you know that this morning they're having professions of faith and multiple baptisms? And the Lord has revived a youth group there. The Lord's bringing revival as we pray and we ask to be empowered by the Spirit. Do you know that our region of churches, Classes North, just adopted a vision statement that said, Classes North grows praying churches that embody, proclaim, and advance the kingdom of God in the power of the Holy Spirit? Friends, revival is coming. Revival is coming as we pray and ask the Holy Spirit, empower us, gift us to be a blessing, to be able to prophesy about Jesus and to testify about his goodness in our lives, just like Peter and Sarah and Evan testified this morning. Friends, revival is coming, but it needs workers. We need workers. Did you know that he calls us Not only friends, but in the Bible, it talks about servants. I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm a bondservant. By choice, I come in because he's so good, and I want to serve him. Friends, if you think, I don't know about you, but I see that, well, I look at my phone every morning, and one morning this week, it said, um, high school shooting, Ebola, plane crash, and more. As you start your day, like my news update date, I was like, the Lord knows we need hope in this world. And I think that may be why that this fairy tale type wedding got so much press and people wanted to turn into that because it's like, give us some good news. Give us something hopeful to think about. And I want to say that the ministers and the church leadership that led that service Oh, they exalted the Trinity. And they made, I felt like, every opportunity to talk about Jesus. Bishop Michael Curry, he was the American priest that went over to help participate in the service. He concluded his sermon yesterday. I I got a text yesterday morning that um, cautioned me, like, uh, revival is coming in the world. Watch this sermon just saying. So anyway, so what do I do? I watched that sermon quick a minute yesterday morning. 
But you know how he ended it. He talked about this French philosopher that had talked about how that, um, that these various revolutions had come as the power of fire had been harnessed. And then he purported and said that I believe the next revolution will come when the power of love is harnessed. And I want to say that I believe the Lord started the revolution when he sent Jesus Christ to come and embody love and lay down his life. And I want to say that as we yield to his love and as we invite his love by his empowering presence in our lives to gift us in whatever ways that he wants to gift us. So what if it's, if it's a language, so be it. If it's an act of kindness, so be it. If it's an act of service, yes. If it's an act of mercy and to go cry with those who cry. If it's a politician, so be it. However the Lord wants to use us, but we cannot do this. We need the power of his love. And so it's not harnessing. It's not a power to be used. It's a person to be yielded to. And he's the one who loves us deeply and laid his life down for us. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your love. And I pray that you would make us eager and desire to be filled and empowered by your Holy Spirit so that we could share the good news of your love with our neighbors and with the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,